1: In 2021, cable television is slowly going the way of the dodo as cheaper and in some instances free online alternatives to video entertainment like Netflix, Hulu, and Pornhub take more and more of the market share. In the early 2000s, however, these were but a glimmer in the eye of a future hipster tech mogul and cable television quite literally controlled the airwaves. One of the biggest cable television companies started in a small town in Pennsylvania, owned by two small-in-stature brothers, John and Gus Regis. What started with humble beginnings would grow to the sixth-largest cable provider in America, but would quickly be felled by the overwhelming greed of the family at the helm. Join us as we discuss the disgraceful downfall of the Regus family, punctuated by golf courses, luxury condominiums, and Sundance Award-winning films, all bought with stolen money.
0: Damn. Yeah, I don't know the last time I watched cable TV.
1: No one does.
0: My grandparents do.
1: Yeah, I mean, besides old people, and they probably don't remember either. Because dementia.
0: Not yet. Don't put that on them.
1: All right, fine. Not your grandparents. I'm speaking in general. Old people are the ones who get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So...
0: Cable television is trash.
1: It's like they can watch Jimmy Kimmel because the time they watch another episode, they forget how unfunny he is, you know?
0: I do not think Jimmy Kimmel's funny. He's just a normal guy. You know what annoys the shit out of me about Jimmy Kimmel? is that, like, every time he's in a sketch or something, he always breaks character, and it's just so annoying. That's because he's just
1: a guy. It's like he doesn't say, like... He just says the words, but he doesn't have, like, a personality or anything. He's just a guy that they put on a TV show, and now he's had it for, like, fucking 20 years or whatever. Ugh. I didn't think this this episode would start with a Jimmy Kimmel rant, but here we are. Here we are! Here we are. I
0: actually didn't know that we both had a f- mutual hatred of Jimmy Kimmel. Well,
1: now we do.
0: The only good thing I've seen Jimmy Kimmel do is be in fever pitch with Drew Barrymore.
1: Wait, you're talking about Jimmy Fallon, because Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon is notorious for breaking.
0: I was talking about Jimmy Fallon. I forgot that we were... I sometimes mix them up, because both their names are Jimmy.
1: Yeah, well, and they both host late-night shows, so I get that.
0: Okay, I don't like either of them.
1: We both harbor a, ha- <laughs> a hatred, hatred of for a Jimmy that hosts a late-night show. God, we'll just, now
0: I feel even dumber than normal.
1: We'll call it there. Except
0: the only thing I do like that Jimmy Kimmel does is um I don't, I like the I eat my kids Halloween candy.
1: Is that Jimmy Kimmel? Oh yeah, they send it. they send yeah. he does that yeah, every Yeah, but year. he
0: doesn't even do that. But yeah, he
1: doesn't come up with the idea. The writers come up with the idea. Right, right. He's just on the show and he's just like, "Oh, now isn't that funny?" He's not funny. He's a guy. Uh, this rant <laughs> aside, uh, I want I wanted to get something out at uh, the beginning of today's episode, uh, which get it
0: out, Kashan, let it out. Is,
1: uh, ah, He's I been got holding something it in. inside. I got to release it. Uh, we've been putting it at the end, but we are doing a merch giveaway. Yeah, for our pot anniversary. Yeah, anniversary! Our podcast anniversary. Uh, the first episode, spare don't spare the rod, was released on uh, October twenty eighth, twenty twenty, and we've spent a year behind these microphones and a year in your ears, and <sighs> and we're ready. Deep in your ears, and we're ready to give back. Uh to you. So we made it easier. We plugged it at the end. We wanted you to send um a But we pic- know
0: that you're not listening until the end, so we're gonna plug it in. So we're gonna end. plug it now. Um
1: we sent we wanted you to send us a picture of you either subscribed or rated on whatever podcasting service you have. And whoever submitted that way, we're gonna keep your submissions. But we wanted to make it easier for you to submit. So you can go to our website, whitecollegeredhands.com, click the link up at the top that says uh enter our giveaway, put your name and email in there, and then we'll choose um, the winners. Winner. Winners, so we'll probably give out multiple things. Yes. We'll choose the winners randomly from there. So we made it easy for you. Go on and do that and enter the giveaway and uh, help celebrate our pot with us. Yay! It's
0: been, a, it's been a good year. It has been a good Actually, year. Actually, we've grown a lot this year. Back in our humble beginnings, we shared one microphone during the height of COVID.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was a bad... That was was a terrible
0: idea. I can't believe we did that.
1: In retrospect, maybe not the best idea. Um, At the time, I didn't even think of it. Now we have separate microphones. We do. Which is great for us. And
0: little headphones.
1: And... It's all because of your guys' support, so thank you so much for listening.
0: No, it's all because Kashawn had enough money in his bank account to buy it.
1: Okay, you didn't didn't buy the equipment, but the reason we continued doing this...
0: Oh, is because of your support. Thank you so
1: much. We actually have people out there listening, so thank you so much for that and for supporting us. And uh, with that, let's get right into today's episode, Adelphia. Adelphia. Was first founded in 1952, as I mentioned in the intro, by two brothers, John and Gus Regas, who were the son of Greek immigrants. Uh, John started as a shoe shine man and a hot dog stand owner. The hot dog stand still exists to this day and is still owned and operated by the Regas family. It's owned by a cousin of his.
0: Oh, my God. A hot dog sounds so good right now.
1: Also... Uh, It said that he introduced something called, it was like called the Hot Texas. Hot? He was born in Texas, and he. he, it was called the Hot Texas, and it was just a chili dog. And I was like, but they call it a Hot Texas or something. I was like, that's ridiculous. I don't think I've ever
0: eaten a chili dog. What the fuck, man? Dude, it sounds like Fiery buttle waiting to happen.
1: Of course it is, but it's great going (laughs) in. Sometimes you got to worry about what things are going in and not worry about the consequences of your actions.
0: All right, well, I'll do it one day. Have some
1: fun. Uh, But after he owned the hot dog stand, his most popular venture, and the one we're talking about today, was the uh, local television franchise that he and his brother Gus bought in Cootersport, Pennsylvania (laughs) for the high price tag of $300 or $3,100 when adjusted for inflation, which is pretty cheap even adjusted for inflation, to buy a uh, local cable franchise in Cootersport. I was definitely going to say this sounds like a um, hooker island that pirates would frequent. It's yeah, like, are you are feeling a little bit down? Let's Yo. pop over to Cootersport. Cootersport. <laughs> Dip our candle in some tallow.
0: I was going to say the hook.
1: You got a weird penis if you're calling it a hook. Well Sometimes
0: people have like hooked penis.
1: Yeah, but I'm not like, you know, that's a big hook.
0: Some people have big hooks.
1: That's to a shot. that's a problem. That's a doctor. It's not the size that's of a, your
0: hook; it's what you can catch with it. It's
1: a doctor-worthy problem. <laughs> okay. So after they bought this local television, yeah, we got to get back to serious topics. So we can't just talk about uh, pirate penises all day. Uh, uh
0: let's start a new podcast where we just do that.
1: Uh, we you know, sure. We, there's a lot of there's a lot of gold that? in that. There's a lot of gold in that mine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So after they bought uh, this local television franchise for $300, they then set upon the task of expanding the business by acquisition, a very prominent business model uh, that leads to larger companies that we've talked about in the past. Basically, every company we talk about that gets big, this is the model for it. They don't usually organically get big. They notice that they can just buy a bunch of smaller companies and incorporate them together. So, they did the same thing. They bought a bunch of smaller cable companies in suburban areas until they finally incorporated all of them under the same umbrella in 1972 and dubbed their new company Adelphia, which is Greek for brothers.
0: Oh, okay. That's
1: why Philadelphia is the city oh. of brotherly love. Phila, love, Adelphia, Adelphia, brothers.
0: Adelphia, for some reason, sounds like Activia to me, and I just keep going, Adelphia,
1: Hey, we had a small claims court on them because they lied. Yeah, they lied
0: about their poop yogurt.
1: Yes, they did, Nina. Yep. Yes, they did.
0: Jamie Lee Curtis was like, hey, guys, want to shit? Eat this yogurt. And then she was like, hey, guys, you know what doesn't make you shit? This yogurt.
1: Man, don't even listen to small claims court. That, I just that's a said perfect, the whole thing. That's a perfect summation. I told Thank told
0: everybody how that went down. <laughs> um,
1: in 1986, they took the company public and used the capital to fund another round of rapid acquisitions uh, where they focused on buying cable providers that bordered the ones that they had already bought in areas that they already serviced, creating a stranglehold in the market in those areas and increasing their average annual sales from $30 million in its first year in 1970 to 131 million in 1988. Wow! So in the course of 16 years, they grew by no.
0: Like, oh yeah,
1: yeah. That's Never exactly mind. what it is. Never in 16 mind. Years. I it's Sixteen years. Uh, they grew by over a hundred million dollars <laughs> in sales. Uh, In 1991, they began to broaden their services beyond cable television into other forms of communication, high in quotation marks because it was the 90s, speed internet, telephone communication, voice messaging, amongst others, and then aimed some of these specifically at businesses. So they were servicing businesses and just a lot of people in general. Nice. Uh, Now, Adelphia operated at a 57% margin compared to the industry standard of 35%. So that's their profit margin. Oh, wow. So they're making 57% on whatever they spend to buy services. You know, that's wh- good percentage. That's high. That's really high. Like I said, industry standards 35. They're making more than half. That's crazy. Uh, and they invested substantially into their product, uh, providing state of the art service and upgrading all of their cable services to like the newest technology, something that they. Uh, Became known for. And these two things made them desirable not only by investors, but also by Wall Street analysts. Now, in 2000, after three separate billion dollar acquisitions, Adelphia reached their peak subscribers at over 5.5 million people that could say they used a service provided by Adelphia in America.
0: So they had. $3 billion acquisition. That's insane. Yeah,
1: they spent over $1 billion on three different acquisitions of larger companies. That's craziness. To just grow to a huge giant. Uh, They were, like I said, they were the sixth largest television provider after like Comcast and Time Warner and like the really big ones. They were up there. And with profit margins like that, you could see like, oh, these people obviously have a business model that's going to allow them to be the next big player in this all they needed was more subscribers and they're finally getting that like this will launch them into the stratosphere right yeah in 2000 they're at like their height adelphia two years after hitting their milestone of 5.5 million people serviced would file for bankruptcy so how does one of the largest companies still on the brink of expansion crumble so quickly i don't know how well greed usually seems to be answer here on white collars red hands and once again it is today so regas john regas who looks like a hobbit if you see him like I, he kind of did you see video of him no oh my god when they were like him walking out of the courtroom literally i was like oh my god are his lawyers basketball players that's how tall they looked compared to him
0: he was just trying to he take looks, the ring to sauron
1: he looks like he's like maybe like five two
0: Oh, he might be.
1: He's so small.
0: I worked with a Greek lady who was very short, so he could be that short.
1: Maybe it is. he looked like he could spin straw into gold.
0: Maybe he could.
1: All right, please tell me you get that reference. No, it's Rumpelstiltskin, bro. He was an imp, was a oh, small God. little man. Rumpelstiltskin.
0: I thought he was tall.
1: Popular fairy tale. He's an
0: imp. Okay, clearly I didn't read that story very carefully.
1: <laughs> so for <laughs> sorry, I, it's fine. I guess. I was reading
0: Bible stories. Uh,
1: Rubble should be a bible story. It's got the exact same vibe. Oh. All right. Uh, <laughs> so for such a small man, the company he built was impressively large, like John Ham's Wiener.
0: His wiener <laughs> is
1: huge. Gus left Adelphia, the other Regus brother in the 80s to pursue farming in Florida, leaving It's not hard work, but it's honest. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh <laughs> Leaving John Regas to pilot the company as CEO and running the company continued to be a family affair as John appointed his sons to prominent positions in the company. Uh, Timothy Regas becoming the CFO and the other two sons being chairs on the board amongst other executive positions. Um, Sounds
0: like nepotism.
1: It was. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you own the company, I guess you can do that. Um, yeah. Like Donald Trump putting like it, like, all
0: of his kids in the cabinet.
1: It's not illegal. It's just shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but they got too greedy and this close knit family decided that the family that steals together stays together and they began looting the company and destroying their reputation twofold by using the company funds as their own funds and overstating their earnings to overvalue their own stock.
0: I just don't understand why people do this because it never works.
1: I feel like sometimes it does work and we just don't find out.
0: Oh, all right.
1: Like <clears throat> like they lie and they get back to a point where the company does well again? Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh,
0: oh it worked."
1: It like we got there. You know, we faked it till we made it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but in the ones that we know about, either someone blows the whistle or the company starts doing so bad even though they're they supposed to be doing good that make they can't up. Yeah, they can't subsist anymore. That's fair. And we'll find out a little bit about what happened to Adelphia later. But for right now, let's talk about what they were doing wrong. Let's do it. Um, In March 2002, Adelphia released a statement that $2.3 billion in debt had been left off of their books. Uh,
0: oh my God.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Regis family had taken out loans in the form of co borrowings with Adelphia, totaling this amount, and then purposely hit it. Uh, so, under a co borrowing loan, the Regus family members were responsible for repaying the debt. However, if they could not pay back the debt, then Adelphia would become liable. So, they both sign onto the loan at the same time. And the Regis family's first, but if for some reason something happens, they can't pay it. Now then their on,
0: own company has to now pay it's it? on
1: the company's dollar and remember like you own the company but this is a public company so right. there are other shareholders they might own the majority but other people own this company technically okay because these uh co-barrings were taken out jointly uh, the Regis family were able to move these liabilities to companies under their control outside of the Adelphia umbrella to make it seem as if Adelphia was in less debt than they were on their balance sheets and thereby they falsely inflated their profits. So they didn't report these because technically they were co borrowed. So they're mainly the Regus families, but so they took those and put them on the books of li- of companies that weren't under incorporated under Adelphia, but Adelphia was still responsible for the loans. So they should be on their books as a liability. Right. You know, and $2.3 billion That's is a lot, lot as well. Um, and not reporting this debt in that way violated GAP, which is generally uh, approved accounting principles. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like the law of accounting mm-hmm. that you have to follow GAAP um, or else you're committing securities fraud and defrauding people. Uh, and laws put into place after the fall of Enron that specifically requires debt on off-books balance sheets to be reported to shareholders. So they already, like, this had already been a problem, and they are like, okay, we'll just create a law for it, and they just, they were like, whatever, we don't care. <laughs> so they just kept doing it. Um, because of this misstatement in debt, the company had to file for a delay on filing their 2001 annual report. Now, obviously, this is a re- a big red flag to investors, and in the course of the next three months, Adelphia's shares would fall from over $20 a share to $0.79 Ooh, cents a share. Wow. That is from March 2002 to June 2002.
0: <gasps> That's insanity.
1: It's an incredible tumble. And they, they ended up like delisting the stocks on exchanges too, which is obviously even worse. Wow. Um, when the Regas family would get margin calls, which is where a loan is backed by a security in the case of or in this case, in stock in Adelphia, and the security depreciates in value, you get a margin call from the bank that says you either need to put up more stock to back your to back your loan or you need to back it up with more cash so instead of backing up uh, backing up these margin calls with their own money, they would back it up with money from the company. So if the price of Adelphia stocks fell and the mon- and the margin calls came in, they would take money from the company. To fund the margin calls, so they would so in this case they 're essentially using corporate funds uh-huh. as their own funds, okay, which is stupid, very illegal yeah. and it 's the same thing we talked about with uh, Dennis Kozlowski, where he literally and I think it 's these people who build the companies first, from nothing mm-hmm. from scratch to these big publicly traded companies. They still see the company as theirs. Right. As solely theirs to do with whatever they want. Exactly. I can take money out of the business. I fucking own the business, right? Right. But that's not true. Because right. once it's publicly funded, you've accepted money from other people. From the public, and now you have to follow by the rules of what it is to become a publicly traded company. You don't own it anymore. You can't just right. take money to do whatever you want with. You may want to. But you can't. You can't that's illegal. illegal. Uh, so you're probably asking at this point, what did they use all this money? It's for? so much money. What did they use it's all so of this money? for? so
0: Much money.
1: Well, as it probably won't surprise you if you've listened to other corporate scandal episodes on, on White Collars Red Hands, they spent it on stupid shit. Uh, <laughs> mostly, they use this to buy more stock in their company without ever costing them a penny. So they then use this stock to back more loans and falsely inflate the price of their own stock by buying shares with the company money. So it looks like someone it looks like people are buying their stock. It's just them. It's just them buying
0: their And they're their using own stock. money
1: from their company to pay back into their company to make it look better and just to be able to like take out more loans and increase their own personal wealth. Because if the company's doing well and they have more stock, they have more return on investment. They're doing more. More better. W- more well, they're doing better off, whatever. This hurts my head. It always hurts your head, Nina.
0: Yeah, but this, yeah. I just don't, you know what? Never mind. I say this all the time. I just don't understand how people are smart enough to do this shit.
1: Because and I say this all the time people specialize in this. Finance is their life. They get this. Hell, some of the people that, li- that are listening right now, finance is their life.
0: Teach me, oh wise ones. <laughs>
1: Uh, they, they don't worry. They have an investing, uh, an investing class. Well, it's twelve hundred dollars, but you'll make fifteen million as a day trader after you take it.
0: I do have some stock.
1: It's it's funny because there's a bunch of scams that are like that. People make. Yeah. B- there are people that say that they're um, professional day traders mm-hmm. that make more money off of selling their opinions and stock options and classes than they ever do day trading. But then they take these videos like, look at how much money I have. But really, they're just getting all their money from people they scammed. So cool! Uh, Jesus, Christ. the Reguses also spent thirteen million dollars on building a golf course on land not owned by the company, but by John Riggs himself. Some was spent for John's daughter Ellen to produce Songcatcher, which won awards at Sundance and still holds a respectable seventy-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes to this day. That's not bad. So they took money to fund that. They bought luxury condos in New York and Florida with this money. Uh, They had two Christmas trees flown in to Pennsylvania for $6,000.
0: Well, you know, that makes sense. There's no pine trees in Pennsylvania.
1: It's just, come on, dude. Like, how, what are you looking for? I forget exactly where they were flown in from, but I don't think it matters. from Germany? It's probably from Canada. I don't know. Uh, They also bought 17 company cars. Uh, They were paying the payroll of their personal chef and other employees using corporate funds. They were flying friends around on jets that were owned by Adelphia and the largest and in my opinion, the stupidest expenditure is the spending of twenty six million dollars on thirty six hundred acres of land outside of John Regis's estate so that they could preserve the trees and he could keep his view.
0: I just feel like that is a lot of land, and I don't even know if you can see that far.
1: He wanted it to be future-proof. He's like, I want the most land, because this is a really nice view. How much is this going to cost? $26 million. Not my money. Worth it.
0: Just so everybody knows, Pennsylvania is the 10th most expensive state to buy an acre of land. I Googled it.
1: Yeah, we looked that up beforehand. Uh, We do a lot of weird research here.
0: We do. Well, I was like, how much is one acre of land? And honestly, he got it for a steal, because today, in today's money... It would have cost around 114 million and he only spent 26. So
1: I was also about to say just like weird research cut to me like looking up pictures of John Ham's penis earlier. Were you really? <laughs> I'd seen the pictures but I forgot if John Ham was spelled with an h or an n so then I looked it up and then I ended up seeing pictures of his penis anyway. It's huge. It's you've never seen it outside of the pants but the outline is enough.
0: It's enough. It's like Jason Derulo's
1: dick. For anyone who's interested, it's very easy to find online. John Regas also funneled money from the corporation into the sports team he owned, the Buffalo Sabres of the National Hockey League, when the team was consistently losing money. So he used corporate funds to subsidize the Buffalo Sabres, the team. Because he
0: liked them?
1: Yeah, I don't know. He bought the team. Technically, he owned the team. So if they're losing money, he's losing money. So he would just keep funding them with corporate funds. Jesus Christ. Uh, they also hid the fact that they were stealing this money not only by moving the liabilities uh, to non-affiliated entities, but also by falsifying documents that said the debt was paid when it was not. So there were all these sham transactions that were backed by falsified documents that like, oh, we paid that that loan, but they actually just moved the loan to another company that was off book. So not only are they lying, they're making fake documents to cover up the lie.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Whole new level of wrong. Uh, mm, uh, That leads us perfectly into the second form of no-no that they did. Falsifying their earnings to inflate their profits and thereby their stock price. We've seen it countless times here on White Collar's Red Hands. And here we see it again. Same, same, but different but still same uh, Adelphia made many misrepresenting statements, both to the media and on earnings reports that inflated its profits. They outright lied and inflated their number of subscribers and thereby the cash flow coming into the business, which did affect that 57% margin. I mentioned earlier, by the way, it's part of the reason they looked so good is because they were fucking lying. Um, they also just falsified straight up their earnings. Just like they just said a number that was higher, uh, because they lied about their EBITDA, which is their earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. It's just basically the raw cash flow, that, like revenue, that uh, businesses get in. And this was a common way to evaluate cable companies at the mm-hmm. time. So it influenced Wall Street analysts to value their stock higher, increasing their stock price. This is crazy. The main witness for the government's later investigation, James R. Brown, who was the former vice president for finance said during testimony that they, quote, reported numbers that we basically made up, end quote. <laughs> so they were just like, that number's not high enough. Let's just say it's this.
0: We're just going to make it up. And then they did. <laughs> the fact that it's just like, you really think you're not going to get caught?
1: I didn't get caught for like four years, dude. <laughs> After the statement regarding the $2.3 billion in debt left off the books. The SEC obviously launched a formal investigation into Adelphia and on July 24th, 2002, filed formal charges against John Regus and his three sons, Timothy, Michael, and James, as well as two executives, James R. Brown, who ended up flipping and becoming the main uh, witness against them.
0: I was going to say the rat.
1: That as well, also appropriate. And Michael Mulcahy. Who was just another executive, and all of these men were arrested at their homes.
0: Man, I bet Gus is glad he got out.
1: That's what I thought too, because they just stopped mentioning him when I was going through the research, and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck happened to Gus?" Because I was, Gus. I figured I was like, you know, Gus probably died. No, nah, he died in twenty nineteen, I think,
0: on his farm. Yeah, home harvesting
1: beets and what, carrots really? and things. What?
0: What kind? That was what kind of farmer he was?
1: Yeah. They listed a few things. He basically just retired. Like, he liked golfing. He was like, okay, I've done enough. Because before they incorporated it, they were already in the business for 20 years.
0: So he was able to retire.
1: Yeah. So when they finally, like, when they made the step to, like, we're taking this public, that's a huge step for a business to take and a huge gain in responsibility for him. And he was probably just like, yeah, fuck that.
0: He's like, nah, fam. I'm
1: going to go play golf. I made enough money. I don't blame him. And I'm sure they were still paying him.
0: Oh, I'm sure he was still getting some sort of...
1: You know, they were giving him money. So back. yeah. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he's glad he got out in the 80s before all this happened. Oh my God. Uh, you almost
0: wonder though if they were doing some shady shit before that and then he just didn't get caught because he had quit.
1: I was about to say, they say the fraud happened, they know it happened from 1998 to 2001. So like three years.
0: All right. I just feel like that's not very long.
1: Every it's, Here's the thing. Every company is doing something shady. Right. Every single one of them. It's just the extent. Right. And I think the extent was when they were taking out these loans was probably only between 1991 and 2003. Or 2001, sorry. 1998, 2001. So that's the biggest no they did. Right. Was taking the loans, not reporting them, lying about it, and then falsifying their earnings. Idiots. In 2005, after a grueling 18-week trial, both John and Timothy were found guilty for bank fraud, Wire fraud and securities fraud. Uh, James uh, R. Brown, not the James Brown that you're thinking of. Get back. Get
0: off of that thing. Oh, she it, you feel better. Uh-huh. Uh
1: huh. He and he ended up pleading guilty. I think the charges got dropped, or he didn't get sentenced because he he flipped in return for giving testimony against the company.
0: Yeah, well, he has a hit on him to this day.
1: Um, the other brothers. And uh, Michael Mulcahy actually got acquitted because they couldn't prove that the other brothers were living lavishly. Interesting. So they didn't think that they they just had the normal amount of executive money, which is already a lot. But whatever, they didn't spend past their means, though. And then Michael Mulcahy, they just couldn't prove that he actually knew what was going on. Yeah. So John was sentenced to 15 years in prison at the sprightly age of 80. And Timothy was sentenced to 20 years, but was released early in 2019. John, yeah, he still served quite a while. He did. This is actually some of the longest sentences handed down in fraud cases.
0: That's good. So they, they deserved re- it.
1: They really threw the book at him this time. John, while in prison, did file for a presidential pardon, and he was actually really close with the conservative with the conservative uh, Republican Party. He donated over fifty thousand dollars to the Republican Party. Um, he filed for a presidential pardon, but George W. Bush left office without responding.
0: Oh, George left him on red.
1: I am about to say he ghosted him.
0: Damn. The only thing we've talked
1: about that George Washington. George Washington. I said this earlier today, too, and I was like, God, that'll be stupid if I say it on the podcast.
0: And then you did. And then I
1: did it. Stupid. It's because it's George W.
0: Yeah.
1: What even is his middle name? Do you know? Walker. It should be Washington. George Washington Bush. The well, it's way. George Walker Bush. Better. It's fine. Uh, but this is the only thing George W. Bush has done on here that I think we approve of. Yeah. Good job, George W.
0: Yeah, you and your I oil mean, paintings did like this one good.
1: Bad for starting that war. And perpetuating hey, remember it. remember
0: that one time you started a war, but... Uh, but you didn't you did let this. John
1: Riggs out of prison, so... I would like to touch on the the New York Times, at their conviction, did have this to say about how the case differs from Enron and WorldCom. For the one trait that distinguishes the Reguses from virtually every other culprit on Wall Street is that they didn't sell their stock. The evidence suggests less that they intended to defraud than that they intended to hide inconvenient facts until they could be righted. This is also, of course, against the law. It's just a more tragic crime than ordinary looting. (laughs) <laughs> so they weren't just, they they weren't pump and dumping their company. They were just pumping. Yeah. Because they never sold their stock off. And as you remember, they took out those loans to buy more stock. Yeah. And then because of the scandal, their stock became Useless. basically worthless. Yeah. So they just lost all the money. They weren't very smart. Yeah. So it's like, sure. But if you're not like, if you're not expecting to get out at some point, don't do it in the first place. Right. because it's not going to end well right exactly so once you start lying like outright lying about stuff yeah and like falsifying documents and things you're in too deep
0: no absolutely so so unless you're also wait so like what would you consider falsifying a document like is a text message a document
1: sure that's that's mail fraud basically Ooh, you man. falsify a letter or you falsify a wire statement. That's, those are like all the frauds we talk about, Nina.
0: Well, I guess I've committed fraud because I told my ex boyfriend once over text message that I became a Christian again so that he would break up with me.
1: Nina, that's not illegal. It's just <laughs> dumb.
0: Still fraud. <laughs> it's not.
1: Yeah, but it's not, it's not like legal, like legally binding fraud where you can go to prison. Oh, right,
0: right. I know. I'm just saying it's still a fraud. Because it was a lie.
1: You're a sham. You're I a, was a sham. You're a hoax of a person. It's not the first time I've been called that. Oh, my God. We're not. I don't have time to unpack that. Nina. I'm just kidding. No one's called me that. Uh, let, <laughs> this let's, is the first. Let's move on to a happier subject, okay? John um, was diagnosed with terminal bladder <laughs> cancer in 2015 while in prison.
0: Oh, how lovely.
1: And was given between one to six months to live.
0: Oh, I bet he peed blood. Oof.
1: That, probably did, that probably did happen. Dude,
0: peeing blood hurts so bad.
1: I don't want to ask why you know UTI. I, I once again don't remember asking, but thank you. Now you know uh, he was granted compassionate release, as it was part of his conviction that if he had less than three months to live, he could spend it free.
0: Oh, that's a that's a good one to write into the clause when you're over right. eighty. I wonder if um what's his ass did that, John Tom Girardi. Well, he hasn't been convicted yet, though.
1: I'm about to say he hasn't even gone to prison yet.
0: I know, but Put in the car the
1: horse there. Um,
0: I'm wondering if maybe he'll do that. He's
1: not even going to stand trial. We talked about it.
0: I know, but uh, it's just interesting.
1: That being said, this bastard, <gasps> John Regas, lived for six more years.
0: Oh, my God. So what he was, a lucky uh, asshole. He was
1: told he was going to live from one to six months, and they were like, okay, fine. We'll get you out of prison. And he lived for six more years. And
0: he was able to spend it out of prison? Yeah.
1: <gasps> well, what are they going to do? Be like, hey, wait.
0: Hey, you're not dead yet.
1: you to die. Get back in the cell. Get, back
0: in, Get back, here. back in. I don't
1: think that's how the justice system works, unfortunately. Um, he probably
0: and, wasn't even causing that much trouble.
1: And he just bit the dust on September 30th, 2021. It hasn't even been a month. No, it hasn't even been a month. At the age of 96. Damn. He made it John. all the way to 96. Uh, and Adelphia, as a company, after the Regas has stepped down from all their positions, Uh, The company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which, if you remember, is the restructuring one, where they don't just liquidate all their assets, they want to restructure them and remain a company. And after a plan for restructuring was approved in 2004, they had trouble finding investors due to the scandal and eventually sold most of its cable operations to Comcast and Time Warner for $17.6 billion. And Time Warner... Thusly succeeded Adelphia as a publicly traded company. So this is how Time Warner became a publicly traded company. Interesting. Uh, Kind of like a um, reverse takeover. We talked about that before. Where you acquire a smaller company to become publicly listed.
0: Interesting. Huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And to this day, the Regas family does still operate Zito Media, which provides cable services to limited areas not sold off to the previous two, Comcast and Time Warner. Uh, and this is all mostly in their home territory of Pennsylvania. Adelphia's auditor, Deloitte, and don't know how to say this. It might be Touche. It might be Touche. might be Touch. might be Touche.
0: I was going to say Touche.
1: We'll say Deloitte and Touche. Touche. Deloitte and Touche uh, agreed to settle with the SEC. We're going to get yelled at. I just know. Someone's going to be like, that's not how you pronounce it. Uh,
0: Well, then spell it the way it sounds.
1: Deloitte and Touche uh, agreed to settle with the SEC out of court for $50 million, although they never accepted wrongdoing. And honestly, Adelphia was making steps on their books to purposely um, mislead their auditor. So I think they were just dumb. I I think that if they were doing their jobs well, and this is even what it said in the SEC report, if they were doing their jobs to the standard that most auditors would do their jobs, they would have figured it out.
0: Yeah, but this isn't the first time we've seen this.
1: Yeah. And well, but all the other times they were being like actually brought. Right. Um, That doesn't seem to be the case here. It just seemed like they they really fucking dropped the ball because Adelphia was even on their high risk like radar. It's just that they never followed followed through with diving deeper into things. Well, so they knew there might be a problem, but they were like, eh, we'll get to it later. We got other things to do. God. Deloitte and Touche.
0: That's a lot of money.
1: 50 million. And that was ended up that ended, ended up being put into a trust that then went out to victims. Oh, that's good. Of the. Yeah. Most of this money that comes from when you get it clawed back, some of it goes to the government. But then most of it does go into a trust that is then paid out to Shareholders, but as we've talked about before, it's like pennies on the dollar return for their investment most of the time. Yeah. So, still sad. Um, and I know you're dying to hear about this. Um, as as for the Buffalo Sabres, which I know all of you want the resolution to, they were the ward of the league directly following John Regis's arrest until another multi-billionaire bought them in 2003. Ah. I, I think there's still a hockey team. I don't know that for sure.
0: Buffalo Sabers.
1: Also, your mascot's a fucking sword. That's stupid.
0: what? Not a oh, saber. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, they're they're still a they're still a team to this day.
0: Hey, they got a game on Saturday.
1: Can't wait. So, in summation, cable television, obsolete, overpriced, and annoying—all things that can also now describe the Regus legacy that was Adelphia. They just happen to do it at the height of business rather than two decades later. This story, one of the largest corporate frauds in American history, once again highlights the ease with which corporate executives can treat company funds as their own. A private corporation built into a public one is no longer owned by its founder, but by thousands of people across the globe. The money you take from it, if you are doing so, you are also taking it from them. The Regas family found this out, as well as the steep penalty for theft. They spent a majority of their golden and twilight years behind bars. Uh, Literally, all of the twilight movies were released in the time that they (laughs) were in prison. I
0: hate that joke, but I love that (laughs) joke. So, all
1: of the twilight years. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) Uh. So, the the next time you put on your favorite show, maybe it's twilight, uh, remember that even television is not safe from scandal. Behind every piece of entertainment and... Honestly, everything in America lies corporate greed. And that's why we made this show.
0: That is why we have this podcast.
1: So, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. (laughs) Uh, Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Season five, Going Strong. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's three in the books already. These things go by faster and faster the longer we do this. It's
0: like a toilet paper roll. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. Yes. Sure. I don't know.
1: Did you make that up or is that something no, you've No, I read before? that
0: one time, but it was about life.
1: Okay. <laughs> I just, I feel like it doesn't go that much faster. Like, I don't get it. It doesn't go that much faster. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> uh, like we said at the beginning of the episode, please enter our giveaway. We want to give some merch out to you for our pot Uh Hit up our website, Uh Hit the button. Enter the giveaway. And, surprise, surprise, enter the giveaway. Uh if you want to support us for free, you can also rate and review this, like it, subscribe on whatever podcast service you listen to. Our rating has been going up on iTunes. Thank you guys so much. We want to see it go even higher. So if you're listening on iTunes, um, please go leave us a five-star review. We'd love that. If you don't want to leave us a five-star review, why are you listening this late in the episode? Kind of weird, kind of sus on your part, but that's fine. Uh, if you want to support us for a less free way. I know we're about to give some out, but let's say you don't win the merch giveaway. All right. Let's say you don't win. You can also just buy some uh, and you can get that link also through our website at the yes. check out our merch uh, button that's on top. Or you can get it. Uh, the I'm link is in the, the show description. Sweater now. I've been wearing the sweater out all the time. It's I have very been. warm, very it's nice. It's super
0: warm. It's comfy. Um, you know, you get some looks.
1: We're not going to guarantee the looks are good. Yeah. Every time I get it, they look very puzzled.
0: Yeah, they're like, what is that? What
1: the fuck is that? But that's good. Um, so yeah, buy the merch. You can also support us for free or if you want to reach out to us and interact with us in any way uh, by following our socials. Uh, that's facebook.com slash Hands, twitter at Pod,
0: instagram at Collars underscore Hands.
1: Uh, you can drop us a line uh either through our website directly or you can uh, just send us an email at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. Every single season, we do fan-submitted episodes. So if there's a a scandal or um, a crime committed by someone rich... uh, Or by you. Yeah, if you're rich uh, and you want us to cover it, you know?
0: We'll do it. Reach
1: out to us. Give us the suggestion. You might be in season six. Um, And I think... That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. So thank you guys once again so much for listening. And we'll see you next week on another episode of White Collars. Red Red hands. Hands.